0: hi welcome to the diy music podcast where we discuss what it means to be a diy musical artist in the internet age i'm lenny and across from me is joe and together we co-founded band diy and the music club welcome and enjoy
1: hello everybody um so today we are discussing something quite unique and that is very close to lenny's heart so i'm going to begin with lenny i understand you have finally at long last launched (laughs) your band that you've been working on for the past 17 years or so
0: yeah it's been forever on it
1: how long exactly (laughs) have you been working on it
0: (laughs) um well so me and matt that you know me, you, and Matt. I do used know to Matt. Yes. together. Yeah, this is more for the the people listening than for yourself. Um, so me and Matt, he moved down to uni for a few years, and then when he moved back, we sort of were like, shall we? Shall we start a band again? Shall we like? Shall we start making some music? So we started like faffing about with just stuff inside of Logic. Maybe like four years ago. Oh, that's that's depressing because we we did that and we were making like this sort of like rock stuff. And then we were like, Oh yeah, we should get some more members and turn this into like a real band. Um, and then we finally got a few other members like a year after we'd started. So really we were close to being a real band about three years ago. And then we got Lucy the singer two years ago. So the current lineup has only existed for like two years. But two years before that was when the first idea happened. Wow, which sounds ridiculous.
1: so that was four years ago then when you first had the idea to start this band, and now, at long last, it has reached the surface
0: <laughs> finally, yeah, um, and I'll tell you what it's gone through a few phases we've we're not the band that we said we were going to start is there
1: any um, is there any um like riffs or anything that have survived since the playing around with logic? With Matt, days?
0: <sighs> not really, just because, for one, we're not doing rock sort of at all anymore. There's a lot of rock influence in what we're doing, but it's not rock. And I swapped instruments. I started that with Matt playing guitar mainly. And then I played bass into the tracks because we needed bass and didn't have a bassist. Um, but I was primarily guitar. And then when we got the other members, Josh, who's still in the band, came in on bass. Uh, and then we had a rehearsal where he was playing some guitar just noodling and it was like oh oh you're really good at that yeah keep keep doing that i'll I'll move to bass um which to be fair i now really enjoy playing bass is fantastic yeah it is isn't really it after all the years I, of I know, slagging know, me off so yeah no i don't i haven't carried anything across for those two reasons not the same genre anymore i'm not playing the instrument i was anymore that being said from like one of the very first things that we wrote when Josh did join and moved to guitar. One of the very first things we didn't have in the band for a little while when Lucy first joined. And then we were like, do you know what? No, some of those songs that we wrote back then are good. Let's bring some of them back. So one of them we brought back and Lucy wrote vocal over the top. And then that now exists. So there is a song that has existed for like three years that will be on our Debut EP.
1: Okay, very nice. So, what's the vibe then? If you say it's not rock, what is it? Okay,
0: Um. so the what we're presenting as is alternative indie pop, um, which is vague on purpose. I think. Wonderfully vague, yes. Yeah, because we, uh, without just creating a new word, I think it'd be quite hard to actually go with this, because we're pulling from a load of different places, which... On Music Club, we've recommended doing loads and I'm so happy that I've finally done a band that's done it. Um Yeah, we're, we're pulling from so many different places that it's quite hard to describe the way that we're currently doing it. So you know the For Fans Of, the FFO. The three artists that we are listing for our For Fans Of is Lily Allen, Orchards, and Avril Lavigne. So Lily Allen being... Alternative pop from like the mid noughties where it's sort of like semi-spoken word British kind of music. Mm -hmm. Orchards that are a math pop band from down south. Very, very good. Definitely not as big as the other two. And Avril Lavigne being the sort of pop punk, pop rock sort of, but she did Boy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, somewhere
1: in between all of that, is what we're doing. Do you think you'll end up with one of those sort of like made-up genre names that we've seen before? You know how the Hot Souls had <laughs> what was it? It was like aggressive Motown or something that they had, <laughs> and it was In it was fact, nothing to do really, with Motown, really but it, it kind of worked to describe their mm. vibe. I mean, maybe because
0: I don't know. Like that's something that I guess we wouldn't want to be the front of. Um, yeah. if someone was like if a few more bands sort of were in this area like Orchards definitely are but we're pulling I think a little bit more into rock influence than what Orchards are because you could quite easily just describe them as math pop I did like a minute ago um, whereas we are not mathy enough really to call us just math pop um, and we're also currently not poppy enough to just use pop as the genre name. So someone else would have to come up with something sexy and cool and then we go, yeah, we're that. I guess.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. So you've got quite a cool brand. You know, it's quite oh, minimalistic and simplistic and I like I like the font and shit. So thank you. What's the what's the thinking behind that?
0: We we definitely want to appear as some like a band that's sort of conscious about looking uh, I mean, good is the the word that springs to mind. But obviously, every band wants to look good. Um, but we sort of made a conscious effort to really nail the sort of branding and get the vibe down to what we feel like we want to represent. We want to have like sort of a nice, sort of cozy community of people that like our music. And with that, we've sort of like color scheme. Especially, we're doing for the first single, we've got like a a lavender dusky pinky sort of color vibe going on, which is purple. like sort of nice. It's I mean, it's not purple. It's <laughs> like, it's like lavender. Yeah. Um, I think for the first gig, we're all going to wear the color scheme. So we've all got one item of clothing. That's that lavender color. And all of the shops list as lavender and it's like bang on. So it is lavender. Shut up. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's like I said, it's something that we are sort of trying to do. If you've watched us make stuff for any amount of time, you'll probably be aware of my previous band where the entire vibe was just green and purple. In its entirety, it was just uh-huh. everything green, purple. If it wasn't, it was black. So I guess this that's just an extension of that. It's me saying, like, shall we do a colour scheme? Shall we, shall we stick to, like, a certain <laughs> vibe? And everyone being like, yeah, that's a cool idea. Um, so then the sort of the logo... To be fair, I can't turn around and go, "Oh yeah, we really knew what we wanted with the logo." Like most bands, we got like a hundred fonts together, and went, "Which do we prefer?" And we settled on that because it felt like the right vibe.
1: Mm.
0: Um, which, to be fair, I think it does. It works. It fits with sort of the the look that we want to present.
1: Mm. So, for like arguably the first time, then you are following the advice that you've been given for seven (laughs) odd years and finding a brand and sticking to it and all that shit
0: we we give that advice because either it's a mistake that we've made previously and gone oh i wish we'd have done this and then start recommending artists do it or it's something that we've seen so many other artists and like yeah that is the best way of doing that and having a brand and sticking to it is just a no-brainer when you see it when you see bands that have this really perfect branding and you just know what they look and feel like from like two photos and a logo, that's like inspiring. You're like, yeah, no, that is how everyone should be doing it because that's just perfect. Mm. So that's what we've aimed to do, I guess.
1: So in terms of like how you're, you know, the conscious efforts that you're putting into things. What's different this time between this and your last band? What are you doing differently?
0: So I think with Dogmatic, we did put a lot of effort into how we looked and how we presented. Granted, it was, we're aggressive punk band. And now it's like, oh, we're kind of cozy and you should come say hi. Um, But the big difference is... We've, I don't know if this was as conscious as I'd like to now make it out to be because all the lockdowns happened and forced us to do this, but we've prepared probably way more than we should have. Um, We have nearly finished recording the EP that's probably not going to be out until like mid to late year. Um, And we have practiced and practiced and practiced the set list to the point that we're probably way tighter than we should be for what's going to be our first gig. Um we've I mean we're even doing stuff now that's like Banzo do further down the line where it's like okay, within the set um there's always a little bit of a gap here so let's um let's insert a bit of an interludey thing here. Let's do a bit over here. Oh, Josh needs to do that with his guitar there, so we'll do this on bass and drums to fill the gap. Like that's the sort of thing that you sort of pick up during gigs when it's dull when there's a bit of downtime and you're like oh Oh. we need to put something there we've already thought about that like we've played the set list in its entirety and then gone that there was like three minutes where nothing happened because that guitar change needed to happen and then you've got to retune it and whatever so it's like all of those sort of um things that make gigs flow smoother and we avoid stage death that's the sort of stuff that we've already been discussing and started um sort of working on stuff to, to put in those gaps.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess now that you've, you've kind of been through three different bands previously and made a varied amount of mistakes, you can kind of <laughs> put that all together and not make those yeah. mistakes again.
0: Yeah, there's there's sometimes suggestions that happen in the practice room that's like, like, one of the guys will be like, oh, we should do this. And I'm like, no, and here's why. And it's like, and it's this long-winded thing of like doing that in itself is okay but it leads to that which leads to that and that's a problem and it's like these like just it seems like nothing sort of things um I'm really struggling to think of an example um but I mean even like we did a photo shoot so currently if anyone's interested um you can follow the link in the description to go check out like our instagram or whatever currently on there we have like our first photo if you like of us. Um that photo shoot was definitely our fallback. We had these ideas for like really cool um like stylized photo shoots and every single time it was relying on us renting somewhere really cool or having someone that owned something that we would then have to borrow or whatever. So every single one of those photo shoots sort of didn't happen because of the external things that needed to fall into place. So the photo shoot that ended up happening was the this is our last chance, that it's two weeks before we launch. We need some photos, let's just take some. Mm-hmm. Um Josh had a house to himself and was like, let's start here, we'll take some indoor photos, and then we'll just walk somewhere that looks nice and just take some photos. And that could have quite easily been the brick wall photo shoot. Mm. You know, it could have quite easily been.
1: The train tracks or the woods or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Funnily enough, and we'll definitely do a music lab video on this because I now have actual. Like, I've done it now. We took the train track photo. There was a path that went through like a wooded area and it was straight, like perfectly straight. So we took a photo that was stood on the path with trees going down into the background, like vanishing point all the way at the back. Mm. Um, And we took it, and we're never going to use that photo. I said at the time, this is going to look like the generic band photo, but I want to take it. And I wanted to take it so that I could use it for Music Lab, basically. I want to be able to go, here's the generic photo, and here's the photos that we actually used. Here's why these look more interesting, and this one looked generic. Um, So photoshoot could have just been that if any of us had a weird idea that was like why don't we try this we just did it like we sort of took the pride out of it and the sort of the oh but that's gonna look shit Mm. out of it and just took the photo and then looked afterwards whether it was bad or not we had yeah okay I'll, i'll pitch this to you how many photos we shot for let's say Two hours indoors, you know, we we ch- was setting stuff up in the house and changing looks and stuff. It wasn't constant shooting for about two hours. And then we went to, I'm not going to say the word out loud. Um, we went to a forest place nearby um, and did another maybe two hours. How many photos do you think we came out with that I had to then look through? 60? 1,500. Fucking hell, you vain people. <laughs> <laughs> We had a photographer in our defense and he was shooting on burst mode. Um, Mm. So it was like every photo had about five that were obviously. Um, So yeah, but that's the thing is that we just tried loads of stuff and there was stuff where we were walking to a place and Joe would just keep taking photos. It's confusing. He's called Joe and you're called Joe. Different Joe. Um, So... Yeah, we just, we got loads and loads and loads and one that was just a photo that we were like, this is probably going to look really cheesy and shit, but let's try it, is one where we all laid on the grass, put our heads together in sort of like a circle and then Joe like clambered over us and took a photo down onto us so that it's like just all of our heads together. Like, um, Mm. is adjacent the word? Like sort of. All, all of us are pointing towards the center with the tops of our heads. And we took a few of those and they came out looking fantastic for profile pictures. So our profile picture on social media is currently that. And it's, that would have only have happened if, if we'd have turned around and gone, oh, that's probably going to be shit. Let's not do it. Mm. We wouldn't have taken that photo. We would have used something else. Yeah. And we would have probably had more generic photos because we just kept trying weird stuff. There's so many weird photos that we tried that no one's ever going to see because they were terrible. But some of them look cool, and we're using them. And,
1: yeah. I suppose it's the same mindset right. with songs, like create a shitload and then some of them will be good. Oh, we've done that too. Jesus, yeah. Oh, is that another piece of your own advice that you've followed? It is. We did it. We I, I started and
0: have now launched this band using pretty much every bit of advice that we've ever given with Music Lab.
1: So in theory, it should work then in theory it should work <laughs> if, and it, be, if it doesn't fair, then we are frauds
0: yeah at, at the time of recording um recording this we launched yesterday and it's been going really really well um seen loads of support um shout out to aaron slash aaron still don't know how to say your name cotton who's like og music lab um he used to submit stuff for the reviews um he got in touch and was like oh really i really like stuff that you're doing it's like oh Thanks. you might come to one of the gigs, which is really nice because it's like OG music, though. Yeah, we like the photos. Have written so much and dropped so so many songs. Like we now have like an EP plus a cover plus a song that we're probably going to release after the EP. That's all that we have to show publicly. Because and how much else like, do you have? <laughs> oh, there's it's if it's not fifty, it's very close to fifty. Um, Yeah. With like lyrics and everything. Well, if you're only going down the lyric path, it's more because we have songs that Lucy's written that she's brought and then we've picked a different song to start working on. Um, Mm. So do they count as songs that are written and then dropped? Because they 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 were were written to an extent. Uh, Okay. In which case it's going up for a hundred because she's written tons, like tons and tons and tons. Um, Yeah. Um, These aren't songs that we've written their entirety some are some aren't some we lucy will bring chords and lyrics to and we will start jamming it and sort of you know josh will start working on her guitar part i'll work on a bit of bass matt will put some drums to it and we'll all be like this vibe is just wrong it's just not right it just doesn't this is not good anymore what lucy was doing that we saw as (laughs) great and we're like let's turn this into a song has disappeared this is not a good song yeah something has happened and it's not good anymore and we just drop it there and then we don't keep going because there's enough songs sort of in Lucy's back catalog and riffs that we've come up with that we can just pick something else and just run with that and go in a different direction. Um, One thing I will say that's I guess ties back to the genre thing is that as much as we're pulling influences from so many different places like indie, pop, rock, there's a little, little bit of metal influence in one of the songs I think we managed to pull it off for one main reason, and it's that the parts that we're playing don't vary very much. Josh is always playing the sort of Midwest emo math rock riffs, always, throughout almost every single song. If he's not, he's playing like extended chords, which still sort of fit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Matt is always playing semi-pop punk, semi-rock style drums. I'm always playing what I hope to be sort of semi sweet, but sometimes mildly distorted bass lines. Every song, even the ones that go a little bit sort of jazzy, even the ones that go a little bit sort of indie, the ones that go a little bit sort of that metal influence, we're always playing very similar parts. So I hope that that sort of is what our sound is, if that makes sense. We can play with timbre a little bit over here and over there and do these things because the things that we're doing are very similar to the other things that we're doing in other songs and i hope that translates to being our sound if that makes yeah, sense. yeah i think
1: that that'll come across more as consistency if anything because one of the things that i've found with like when you just start in a band you write loads of songs and they're all so varied and it's like oh mm-hmm. there's that song that sounds like this band and that song that sounds like this and it sounds like you've actually compiled your influence influences together in the right way and that you actually create consistent
0: not because we forced ourselves to do it, but because all of the songs that is like, oh well that just sounds like an orchard song. Oh that just sounds like an Avril Levine song. All those songs were written 20 songs ago and we dropped them. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> like like we've we've written a song that sort of sounds like Orchards and then gone, right, cool. Like the guitar bit in that is fantastic. Yeah, let's keep that and like the everything else is just sort of not right, and then we write a new song. So Josh is then thinking, right, okay, so what I did for that actually worked quite well. I'll bring that influence into this next song. And me and Matt are going, what we did in that song, right, didn't work. So let's let's try something else. And it's that it iterative writing yeah. across multiple songs. You can't just do this inside of one song, otherwise you just get burnt out. Um, yeah, like try some stuff for a song. The next time you write a song, only bring across the stuff, like the vibes that worked. And just yeah. do that for enough songs and you get a unique, cool sound, provided you are pulling from enough places.
1: That's pretty cool. I think that's worthy of a of a longer discussion, personally. I think that's quite an interesting way to write songs that I've not really thought about before. Yeah, we can do a music video on that, I think. Hmm. You have to coin a term for it. You have to trademark, like, not the Lenny method, but it will be, you know... No, nah, the you Lenny know. method's fine. No, you nailed it. Big take. No, I we'll think, call it that. I think the Lenny method refers to something else. <laughs> so then with all that in mind, what's the plan? When can we hear some shit?
0: Okay. Um, so if you follow the link in the description on this podcast to the band, um, it will take you to a link tree. Um, so you can see any social media that we have if you wanted to check us out. Um, there's also a secret link that I would be very appreciative if anyone wanted to click on and go find out, um, within the very soon future, there's going to be a debut single out. Um, and from then we're hopefully going to be doing the thing that we recommend, which is like every six weeks to eight weeks, single, single, whatever. Um, in our case, it's going to be a little bit sort of different because as I announced a very long time ago now i've been working on a documentary for this band i've been filming like everything that we've been doing and i'm turning it into like a proper little documentary thing that will probably be one of the releases if that makes sense like we might do single 1 6 to 8 weeks later single 2 6 to 8 weeks later the documentary comes out 6 to 8 weeks later single 3 comes out um we also want to do some live streams don't have plans for that right now but we sort of want to do at least sort of a live stream before the ep comes out so let's say those five things, so three singles, documentary, uh, live session, those five things, and then the thing after that will be the EP, which currently is six songs long. Um,
1: That's a hefty EP.
0: Yeah, there might be a very big surprise in store for that EP, which Jai will tell you privately, because...
1: I bet I can guess. We, I bet I can We might do a good guess anyway.
0: I don't think you'll get it. Um, but I'll keep that in the dark for now simply because it's going to take a lot of organization to pull off. But hopefully, if we do it, it's going to be really, really, really cool and set the EP apart from what the singles will be. But um, yeah, that's sort of the plan is over the course of this year or most of this year, do the singles that we've got gig loads because Lucy um, hasn't gigged before. So we want to sort of get her sort of performing chops um, sort of in line with sort of me and Josh. I mean, Josh hasn't gigged that much. It just happens to be that he's really, really good at it. Um, obviously I've gigged loads at this point sort of thing, and I'm really, really excited to not be singing anymore so that I can actually perform for the entire thing rather than being tied to a microphone. Um, so once all that sort of happens, then we can sort of, you know, branch into sort of bigger gigs towards the end of the year. And yeah, that's sort of the plan is do the band thing over the next six months and do the band thing. Yeah, hopefully have an EP out at the end of it.
1: Well, that is very exciting. I I am almost envious of you, but <laughs> I I don't have the patience for that kind of shit anymore. So <laughs> bravo to you.
0: You're now just the educator. You're you're you are no longer the the man who practices.
1: Yeah, I'm like <laughs> Obi Wan. I I know all the shit, but I'm I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Too old. Yeah, it was, it was the shit at lightsaber fighting.
0: So this is sort of spoiler alert for that secret link. But I was on Bandcamp the other day, funnily oh, enough, setting up a release. Okay. Yeah. And there's something that's appeared on Bandcamp since I last used it that I'm very happy about. There is a community tab on each artist's profile. That you can post to, and I like believe, a, like 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 a like a mini little social media thing. Yeah,
1: you mean like the thing that we've been talking about for
0: like, like like the thing that we've been talking about that like platform should have. Fucking hell! And you know, like a few episodes ago, it might have even have been the last episode with how long it's been, where we were like, Epic Games have bought Bandcamp. I hope that they can be our Lord and Savior. Well, it turns out that I don't know if this has happened since. I doubt it that might've already have existed and we've just not used Bandcamp for uh, a year or so. Um, But yeah, no, it's, it's there. There's a community tab where an artist can just post updates and run it like a little mini social media thing. Um, I'm unsure. I, I don't think uh, that you as a fan have like a feed of artists that you follow like social media usually has. Um, I will check that. And insert some audio here of me telling me that I'm wrong, if that's the case. Yeah, they've they've started the process of the thing that we said would be really useful. I am genuinely like more and more in favor of Bandcamp the more I exist inside of the music industry. It's really self-contained. Cool. It's self-contained. It's independent, and it's doing good stuff for artists rather than good stuff. For listeners, which, yes, they're going to need to balance a little bit better if they want more people to use Bandcamp. But the fact that they're more artists first than they are sort of audience first, I think it's refreshing because no one else is. Everyone copies Spotify because Spotify's got a load of people on it. And therefore, there's sort of that byproduct of how do we make it as useful as possible for people who listen to music? And therefore, it's just shit for artists in terms of payment and distribution because the fact that you have to go to a distributor that's just a different company that isn't spotify apple Deezer, are title there's just some other company and then they put it on streaming platforms is like archaic that's like that's not a thing that every other form of media has moved past that now
1: yeah, I wonder why that is that is still the case and that Spotify haven't just created like a you know, an artist profile feature where you can go on upload your music and select a release date and stuff. I think they are working on that. I think there is no
0: way that they aren't. The the app, well, the website that we distribute this podcast through is called Anchor. It was bought by Spotify. Mm. Um, we can do Unique things on our, like we can do polls and questionnaires and Q and A's and stuff on this podcast only on Spotify, simply because we're releasing through Anchor. So it allows us to do these unique features within Spotify because they're talking to each other because it's owned by Spotify. Um, I think there is no way that they aren't doing a similar thing for music. Um, whether or not it would only go on Spotify and you'd have to go through a distributor for elsewhere. I don't know. There's no way of knowing until it's announced, if it even exists. But yeah, I think that has to be a, a thing that's in the process because distributors are just, they're nearly Shit. obsolete. They're nearly obsolete in terms of just, we, we don't need it for video. Like if you want your video on YouTube, you just put it on. If you want it on Instagram, you just put it on. Yes, it would mildly limit what countries you might get listened to, because obviously the the top streaming platform in Japan probably isn't Spotify. It's probably a Japanese company. And if you don't put your music on there, all of a sudden, the most of the Japanese market isn't going to be listening to your stuff. So distributors are useful in that regard, that the most popular streaming platform in New Zealand will get your music. But For the majority of artists, they're only getting listened to in Europe, America, and England, especially for artists that are going to be listening to us. Most of our audience is um, British and American. Mm. And then there's like 3% that's from basically everywhere else in the world. Like 1% Australian, 1% Croatian, whatever. Those markets are dominated by Apple Music and Spotify. Almost. Entirely. I wonder
1: if, would you agree that a lot of artists go through distributors with the sole intention of getting their music on Spotify?
0: If it's an artist that doesn't fit that bill, swap the word Spotify for Apple Music and yes. Like there's some people that use iPhones and therefore Apple Music and will be like, oh, we need it on there as well as Spotify, obviously.
1: Because mm. I was thinking that if, if Spotify do a thing where you can upload your music directly to them, and then in them doing yeah. so, Apple Music do the same. Mm-hmm. I imagine distributors might just become totally unused because if people can go to these sites and upload their music direct, they don't give a shit about Deezer and Tidal and all these other yeah. ones that you happen to get put on alongside the main yeah, two. that's fair. As a side note, I've recently moved
0: to Tidal as a listener. Um, sort of as part of the Spotify boycott because spotify are terrible and tidal do pay their artists better um tidal also do a thing where the their sort of premium version of tidal um you get really high quality audio like master quality audio which i don't particularly care for once it's past the threshold of quality i'm good um but every single month your top listen to artist, so the one singular artist that you listen to the most, gets ten percent of what you paid in your subscription. Um, so I think that's like uh, it'd be like two pounds, two dollars. But that is so much more money than you're ever gonna contribute to any artist on Spotify.
1: Yeah, that's that's, 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 that's a, a really good, good way to
0: support people. Yeah, I think ten percent is still very, very, very small especially because it's only from the premium subscription, which means that like the majority of people subscribed on Tidal surely are using the standard one, which works closer to how Spotify works. I think the, the amount of money per stream is higher, but it's still low. So then only the people that are using the premium version that are paying basically double price, only their top streamed artists get this. And even then it's only 10% of that. I feel like that, that amount could be bigger and that would be a great thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, in well, an ideal world, it would be, say if a listener spends 50% of their time listening to one artist, then ideally 50% of their subscription should go to the artist. And that is the, the like, utopian let the subscription way of
0: service doing it. Take a 20% cut off the top, whatever, fine. They won't, they'll take like 90% because that's what they do. Um like yeah the this is just a basic change that people want spotify to make for ages is why do you give the money i spend why is it shared among all artists on spotify like sort of shared between how many listens they get and why is it not just shared between the artist i specifically listen to mm. because for people like me that basically only listens to independent artists like there aren't i don't think there's a single artist i listen to really that's got like over a hundred thousand listeners a month there might be the odd big rock artist that i occasionally listen to most artists i listen to are weird little indie bands from america and canada and the uk i would love for my subscription to be paying those bands constantly there's no way of doing that there is actually Bandcamp I could just buy their stuff on Bandcamp um which I would like Bandcamp to get a little bit more sort of user-friendly in that regard because it is just sort of well I've got I've got a friend at work who um he's sort of in the same vein as me you know likes a lot of weird bands even more so and he was on about recently that he on Bandcamp will go and buy music that he likes from these little artists and then never touch it he just listens to them on Spotify but he will go and support them on Bandcamp and then just leave it, which is great. That's like a great way of supporting artists, but it's not something that realistically people are going to do enough to make it a, a thing. But yeah, Bandcamp making their little little mini social media thing, which granted YouTube's already done. Like YouTube has like community pages and stuff. So it's not even like Bandcamp's a pioneer of this stuff. Um, but music streaming services haven't done this yet. Bandcamp has now. So that's a really, really good start.
1: Hopefully, yeah, that is kind of the the first steps towards the ideal independent music industry future. Yeah. Oh, what a what a time it'll be. Yeah. Because we're too bad, we're bad that we'll be dead now. when that happens. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We're
0: already in a time now where like pretty much anyone that wants to record music can. So there's so many weird, interesting bands simply because there isn't the gatekeeping record labels there anymore. Mm. So as soon as even like, cause most places you have to pay for distribution, which is already then a barrier. People with basically no money have like two distributors to pick from <laughs> one of which we started, um, like that's limiting. And as soon as like Spotify just lets you upload for free and Bandcamp already does let you upload for free just to them. Like good. You get all the weird, interesting bands. There's a reason why all of the, More bizarre bands are only on Bandcamp or only on SoundCloud. It's because they don't want to have to go through a distributor and do that entire process and pay for it. So we all sort of benefit with better, more interesting music when that change happens and distributors go obsolete. Which I've got my fingers crossed for.
1: Yeah, I don't think it'll be that long. To be fair, like if if you know the big distribute the big um, streaming platforms kind of pull the finger out a little bit and just make it a little bit better for artists, then I think that will happen.
0: Absolutely. And roll on that day.
1: Thank you everybody for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye.